Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. This is episode 21, and I'm answering the top 10 questions I get asked the most about dreams. In this episode, I talk about how to start a dream practice, how to remember your dreams when you forget them in the morning, how to know when your ancestors and past lives are connected to your dreams, why future-focused dreams are not always premonitions, how to distinguish your anxious dreams from meaningful dreams, and so much more. I'm really excited for you to dive into this rich episode. If you aren't already following me on Instagram, follow me at Marcy Moberg, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B-E-R-G, where I continue to share my favorite tips, insights, and teachings. And then when you're done listening to the show, tag me on Instagram and let me know what you thought. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and we are continuing an entire month focused on dreams and dream work. So if you missed The three episodes that came before this one that you're currently listening to, they are also about different facets of dreams. So I encourage you to check them out if this is a topic that you are interested in and passionate about learning more on. We've been diving really, really deep into the topic this entire month. Uh, I can't believe it's fall. It's fall where I am in the northern hemisphere on the east coast. I cannot believe it. So here we are, fall. (laughs) Fall is a really great time to focus on dream work because it is considered a seasonal time of transition and a seasonal time of transition where we move from one part of the year, at least if we're in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're kind of, you are experiencing a different kind of transition. You're experiencing the other side of the coin of a transition where you're experiencing spring but so you're still in this really beautiful transition period whether you're experiencing autumn or spring and it is for autumn it's either uh, if you're in the northern hemisphere it's a move from a time where the season is has a lot of daylight and we'll be moving into shorter days where there is less daylight Um, and if you're coming into spring, you're coming out of the darker season of winter where there's less daylight and more nighttime, and you're moving into a period of time where there is more daylight and less nighttime. Those kind of threshold season season seasons rather, well, I'm tired. Threshold seasons, there we go, are important times because these thresholds uh, really hold potent energy of mimicking, uh, of being a portal for threshold experiences like dreams. Dreams are really, uh, you could say, a threshold experience that we get to have on sometimes a daily basis, sometimes once a week, sometimes once a month, however often you dream. They are these experiences, in my perspective, where we really are uh, experiencing the threshold. We are kind of crossing or tiptoeing into 
some more liminal spaces. Uh, you could say beyond the veil or walking up to the veil. But this sense of this kind of liminal space between waking life, sleeping life, the seen and the unseen, the tangible material and the intuitive spirit form. Dreams are really an amazing gateway for all of those aspects. And so are these threshold times during the year. Not to say that you can't express, you know, not to say that you can't experience those liminal spaces any time of the year, because absolutely you can, for sure. Um, That being said, these are extra potent times. So yeah, so just know that if you're interested in dream work, it's a great time to really kind of start to explore those pieces, because it really is a liminal time of year, increasingly liminal time of year. So let's get to these questions that I've gathered I have 10 of them here, and I'm, I'm excited to dive in. The first one is, how do I start a dream practice? This is a question I get a lot, and if you don't already, I, I think it can't be said enough, but if you don't already write your dreams down, please write your dreams down in some form. If you don't like writing, you can always audio record them in your phone. I've encouraged some clients who get tired of handwriting (laughs) to write them that way. Certainly you could type them into a Google Doc. I just think that, you know, when we're typing, we lose a certain kind of richness sometimes when you're dealing with that uh, really like liminal soul material is the best way we could describe it. So I really do encourage writing versus typing. I do encourage writing over audio recording. That being said, be practical, you know, use what is going to help you to actually start to develop a dream practice and record your dreams. Now, if you are the kind of person that dreams a lot, which is the kind of person I am, then you may find it overwhelming at first to document all of your dreams. And I would say, do your best at the beginning. Over time, you're able it gets much more clear over time to to be able to discern which dreams you perhaps really need to spend time with and which dreams are, you know, maybe just like a brain dump where your mind is just kind of emptying out a bunch of stuff from the day before where you were really stressed out or something like that. So yeah, but you can't really kind of start to discern that until you actually start to document them consistently and you work with them consistently. So, you know, Number one, write them down, document them in some way. And number two, be really consistent about it. It is a practice. It's not a practice that develops overnight. It takes time. I feel like I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, time and patience is like so underrated, unfortunately, in our modern society where We want everything now. We want exact formulas. We want the fast track to things. We want to do things faster, shorter now, yesterday. Um, Sorry, but that's just not my experience about how things work. I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm saying that to be real because I don't honestly believe that enough practitioners out there in my field are real about how... Um, you know, 
the richness of a practice comes from consistency and it comes from time and patience. And I don't really believe you can manufacture that. I don't think that it's something that you can, you know, it's not something that you can just figure out in a, in one book or even, um, you know, like a 60 minute, 60 minute class or something like that. You might be able to start to learn some tools that are useful, but then you need to apply them consistently. So I'm just being real with you because that's something I'm passionate about is really grounding, really grounding spiritual practice is one of my primary focuses and, uh, and also personal values, because that means that if I encourage you to do that, to be consistent, if I encourage you to kind of take the slow and steady route where you develop some richness that's really grounded. Uh, my 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 sense is that at, when we kind of reach, you know, if we kind of zoomed forward and reach the end of your life, you'll be more likely to still have those practices in place, and you will have be more likely to have really really gotten the gifts of those practices later in life rather than had it be something that was like a fad for you that you picked up and then you dropped and let go. So sustainability is a big part of my focus too. So that's why I'm encouraging you to focus on um, consistency. So if you dream daily, try to record your dreams in some way on a daily basis. You can always shift that later, but I encourage that I encourage you to do that. Um, there were, I don't even know, a long period of my life where I, I documented my dreams on a daily basis. Uh, now my dream practice looks quite different because um, a good chunk of the time when I wake up, I'm able to immediately recognize what the dreams mean. But that's come from a lot, a lot, a lot of hours and years of uh, documenting my dreams and working with them on a daily basis. So consistency is really important. And it's really those those baby steps um, you know, of writing the dream down today and then tomorrow, or if you have one dream a week, writing that one dream down. Um, if you don't tend to have dreams too often, then please, please, please definitely write them down whenever you do have them and you recall them. And if you tend to be a prolific dreamer, then at least I would say for a good, at least 30 to 40 days, like at least a good solid month or two, I would encourage longer if you can, but at least a good solid month or two write them down. Um, and then you can assess from there, uh, you know, do you need to write, for example, all four dreams down if you have four dreams in a night. That's a, that's a way to get started with a dream practice. It really starts with that and, and get an exercise in that muscle of uh, connecting those dots of recalling and writing them down. Now, speaking of recalling, that's also an area that I get a lot of questions about. And so I have two questions related to that that I want to share. Um, yeah, two listener questions. One is, um, this listener says, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I remember my dreams, but in the morning, I don't. So what can I do to remember them in the morning? And that's a great question. It's a question I get um, asked often. It's a question I got asked in my dream class recently. So if you find yourself remembering dreams in the middle of the night, but when it comes to the morning, they're like, boof, they're just gone then you definitely want to make sure that you have a journal next to your bed 
so that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you have something to be able to capture and write the dream down. So make sure you have a notebook right next to you so that if you wake up in the middle of the night and you remember a dream, you can literally just maybe roll over, pick up your pen. I would recommend you write like a couple key words because let's be real. I mean, maybe you're the kind of person that can wake up and write the whole dream down and go back to sleep. That's definitely not me. (laughs) If I get my brain going that much, I'm probably going to be super awake for a while and it's going to be hard to go back to sleep. So I would encourage you instead, if you're anything like me, that you just roll over, you pick up your pen, you write maybe like three keywords down. So let's say you had a dream about um, being at work and while you were at work, this tiger came through the lobby and you were scared in the dream and you went to go like hide in, I don't know, the supply room or something like that. Um, Then you might write, you know, um, work, tiger and lobby, supply room. I don't know, something like that. So you just would write like some keywords so that um, in the morning you might have a greater chance of remembering them and then be able to string those keywords together to recall the dream. And also uh, you'll want to maybe before you're going to sleep, so you roll over, you write some keywords, and then as you're going back to sleep, just kind of replay some parts of the dream in your mind um, lightly. You know, you don't have to think about them. You could just kind of replay them like, oh yeah, it was... I was at work and then this tiger came through the lobby and then I hid in the supply closet. Okay, got it. Uh, I was at work and uh, this tiger came through the lobby and then I hid in the supply closet. Okay, yeah, I was at work and then this tiger came through the lobby and then I hid in the supply closet, for example, and then leave it. And then, you know, that's taken not very much time and you likely will be able to fall asleep and you'll have a higher chance of remembering some elements in the morning. Let's say that writing them down um, in that way also doesn't feel supportive or isn't working for you. I have some clients who keep their phone by their bed and then type some notes on their kind of notes app. or um, So they'll do it that way or they'll just roll over and use like their voice memo um, app and record a couple things that way so that they kind of just hear they're able to kind of roll over and be like okay I was (laughs) it at work and there was a tiger that came through the lobby and then I hid in the supply closet and they turn it off and they go back to sleep uh also I can't do that because I'm super sensitive so if I had like if I saw the blue light like of the phone in the middle of the night um it'd be harder for me to go back to sleep But if that doesn't disturb you, then that could be your great trick. So that's just one, those are a couple ideas of how you can start to remember your dreams um, more in the morning if you tend to be the person that wakes up in the middle of the night and remembers them and then poof, in the morning, they're gone. Now, the next one is also a recall dream. Uh, The question I got from a listener is, I've tried everything, she says. I've tried everything to recall my dreams and I still can't remember them. What can I do to remember my dreams? Great question. Um, it's likely if you're if you're really having a hard time remembering your dreams and you've tried, I don't know, lots of different techniques, then honestly, you might just need to look at your sleep hygiene. Uh, dreams happen in our ability to recall them. 
um, is a lot of times connected to how deeply we sleep because dreams happen during the REM state of sleep. So it could be that what's happening is if your sleep is quite disrupted um, or you're having a hard time going to sleep or if you're like really anxious and your nervous system is not revving down enough to go into deeper states of sleep, it might be that you're not reaching the REM state and therefore uh, you're not actually experiencing the state where dreams can happen uh, most easily. So you know, I always recommend if you're really, really, really having a hard time recalling your dream, look your dreams, look at your sleep hygiene. And what I mean by that is you want to notice what kind of <clears throat> what are you doing to prepare for sleep? Are you watching TV all the way until it's time to go to sleep? You click it off and you go to sleep. So I have, you know, I've had clients over the years who tell me, you know, oh, well, I have a TV in my room and I watch the TV to go to sleep. Um, I mean, if it works for you, great. But most people that doesn't really work that well for and Part of it is because actually from a neurological perspective, when you're watching a screen like that, it's actually keeping your system engaged. It's actually not relaxing. It, it, it keeps your mind engaged and trying to figure out and processing like what's happening next, what's this, what's that. So it could be, let's say, if, that, if you tend to be that person who has a TV in your bedroom and you watch it until you go to sleep or you fall asleep with the TV on and then later on in the middle of the night you wake up and you turn it off, you're having a hard time recalling dreams, then I, that's the first place I would look and say, okay, I need to create some more separation um, between watching TV and sleep. And so uh, let's say you decide, okay, the last 30 minutes I'm awake, I will have no screen time. Um and at that time, I will start to dim the lights and start to prepare my space for bed. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can <clears throat> signal to your system and your mind that it's time to go to sleep. So that's one idea. Um, if you don't tend to have a TV in your room, but I don't know, you're just engaged in a lot of things, or maybe you bring your phone into the room. Also, I've had lots of clients who talk about this, how they're kind of until the last minutes, like texting friends, um, you know, is there going to sleep or whatever. And that might be fun. But again, the blue light in your phone signals to your brain to stay engaged. And so it's not really conducive to starting to rev your nervous system down for sleep. So I recommend, you know, again, really limiting screen time uh, and just experimenting with it. Just notice, like try it for a whole week and um, see what happens for you. You know, do you feel like you wake up more rested? Do you feel like you sense that you get a deeper sleep? Do you suddenly start to feel like you're recalling dreams? Um, you know, sleep hygiene is, like I said, one of the first places I recommend you look at when you're addressing sleep. You can also try other things like moving from um, electrical lights and shifting to candles at a certain point in time. There was a period in my life where that was a big part of my practice and it's like, so, oh my gosh, it's so soothing. Uh, it's also what our ancestors did because they didn't, you know, our long, long, long ancestors didn't have electricity. So they would be sitting by candlelight or firelight. And there's something really relaxing that happens 
Um, when we do that, if, um, I don't know, let's say candles are not safe, then you could just simply dim down the lights. You don't have dimmers in your, in your house or your apartment, wherever you live. That's okay. Then maybe you just kind of turn the main lights off where you are and you leave a light on in the hallway. So it just kind of brings more dim light to the space. Um, another option is even just switching from watching TV to reading a book, which is less kind of, um, which is still engaging, but less kind of, uh, in, it, it doesn't kind of tax our system in the same way as screens do with like all the fast images moving. Um, another one is you can play with, you know, drinking herbal teas. So a big part of my sleep routine is I drink chamomile tea at the end of every night as a support to my nervous system. Chamomile is a nervine plant, which means that it works on the nervous system and it has a calming and relaxant effect. There are lots of different, um, beautiful blends of sleep teas that are out, um, on the market that you could use like a sleepy time tea or something like that too. There's a lot of different practices, a gentle yoga practice of just like really slow uh, movement before sleep. So you just, I encourage you just in general to play with ways to start to rev your nervous system down at least 30 minutes or more before sleep if you can, so that you have a maybe some more supportive sleep routines and hygiene, as we would call it, and see if that supports uh, more dream recall. That's likely kind of what's happening is related to sleep. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's the piece I want to say about that. That's what we'll, we'll stay with that for now. Okay, the next question I have that came in is about a very popular theme that comes up in dreams quite often. It's one that I get asked about, I feel like every single time I've ever talked about or taught about dreams. And that's about travel dreams. And that's like planes, cars, trains. And the question is, you know, what do travel dreams mean? And I talked about this a little bit in the uh, two episodes ago when I talked about not using a dream dictionary. But really, context matters. So when I would be, if I were you, and I was, if I had, if I, if it were me, and I had a travel dream, I would want to look at uh, what is the context around the travel. Okay, so if I'm in a car, am I the one driving in the car? Or is someone, is somebody else driving the car? Um, does the trip feel relaxing? Does it feel stressful? Um, is there a sense of rushing or is there a sense of relaxation? Uh, is there a sense of there's no breaks? You know, it's like a popular dream that I myself have had at different points in my life have been where I'm in a car and I'm trying to, like the car is going really fast and I'm trying to find the brakes and like I can't get the brakes to work. Um, that's important. That kind of context is important. In that case for myself, when I think about a dream where the car is going really fast and I can't find the brakes. That's a sense that there's a part of my life that feels like there's a sense of, be, of feeling out of control, that, that things are moving at a pace that's not supportive for me and that I'm not able to find a way to slow down. And so the remedy would be seeing if I can slow down, if I can connect the dots to which area of my life feels like I'm out of control 
and invite myself to kind of move much more slowly, bring some more presence and diligence to that area of my life. So all that is to say that context matters and you want to pay attention to what is the context around the travel dream. And a lot of times that can give you a lot of insight. Um, There are some universal senses that when you are traveling in planes, cars, trains, um, you know, any sort of travel, that there is a sense of being on a journey and that there, there can also be a sense of connection to our personal will. Cars sometimes can be said that they are connected to our sense of personal will, our sense of being in our own vehicle. There are also some uh, writings that talk about cars as a representation of our body, but really it's a sense of, you know, what does it mean for you? And I would start by looking at what is the context around the the dream? What is the energy? Is it frantic? Is it relaxed? Uh, Are you the one driving? Do you feel like you're in control? Do you feel like you're out of control? Um, Looking at those dynamics and then from there you might be able to start getting a sense of what the underlying meaning of the dream is. Okay, the next one is a juicy one and this came in from a listener this month and the question is how do I know if a dream is connected to a past life? Now this is kind of a <laughs> it's a complicated question. So I'm going to give you some tidbits but it like the the real answer is quite more complicated and I would say requires more of an individual exploration of like what's actually happening in your specific dream. But in general How do you know if a dream is connected to a past life? Well, first of all, if it's connected to a past life for you, you will feel like you are yourself in the dream, right? That's important. Versus feeling like you are witnessing someone else or feeling like you are in someone else's body, but it's not, it's really, really not your own and you're looking out through their eyes. Um, So those distinctions are important. Because it's possible that if you are witnessing someone else, that you're witnessing someone else's dream, you could be tapping into, uh, you could be tapping into the ancestral field. You could be tapping into a lot of stuff. You could be ha- tapping into like, just yeah. There's a lot of stuff that could be there. <laughs> We're gonna leave it at that. Um, so yeah. So if you're witnessing, if you're witnessing a dream less likely, I mean, there's no hard and cut clear rules here, but less likely that it's a, your personal past life dream. Um, if you're looking out through someone else's eyes and you really sense that it's not you, um, like that you're really kind of like in someone else's dream and experiencing the dream with them, that's also another sign. I would say that it's not a past life. However, if you have a dream where you feel like you are yourself, even if you, let's say you don't look like yourself in the dream, Maybe your gender is different um, or your age is different or those elements, how you dress is different, but you really, really feel like yourself, then that could be a high probability that you're in a past life if the context seems different. It's like, you know, historically a very different time, uh, contextually, culturally, it's a very different context culturally than where you are currently living and um, what you've grown up in. 
And especially if you don't see any connections to those historical and cultural periods in your own ancestry, then that's when it could be um, it could be a past life. Doesn't mean that it's not ancestral because it could have some ancestral connections. It could be that it's a really, 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 really old um, kind of ancestor or ancestral field on your one of your lineages, like way back. But you know, just to give like a quick assessment of things, that's what I would be curious about. The other thing I would say about past life dreams is that. Sometimes they tend to be ones that repeat is my experience, especially if it is a past life, for example, that's coming up for recognition and healing. Sometimes those are the dreams that repeat a lot. So for example, there was a a dream that I had from, I don't know, I was very young when I first started having this dream, like let's say maybe three or four, I might've even had it earlier in my life and I just didn't recall it, but I recall it from a very, very young age. I had it all the way um, through college, and then a couple times it came to me as an adult, and it was the same dream over and over again. It's very different historical context. There's like cobblestone streets, and uh, it's very clear to me that I'm like a political prisoner, and I've been taken, I'm captured, and I'm dragged through this kind of cobblestone area where there's an archway. And then like swung around in a circle and thrown into a cell. Um, and that's the same scene over and over and over again. It would never, there, I would never see anything before it. I would never see anything after that scene. And that's the same dream that I had from a very, very, very young age up until adulthood. And then it wasn't until I became familiar with past life work that then I got curious, well, maybe this reoccurring dream where I really 100% feel like myself. It is the exact same things over and over again. And uh, it's clearly that the historical context is different. And clearly, like, the dynamic is different. Like, I'm clearly, thankfully, not a political prisoner in this lifetime. Um, And there's, I I can't sense how I would ever think to uh, think about political partner, uh, a political prisoners at age three, but you know, anyways, um, it became very clear to me that that was a past, potentially a past life. And so I did some uh, work around that to explore it. And I uh, discovered that that was true. And it came up for me in a past life regression that I did um, and did some healing work around that. And so far I have not had the dream since, and it's been several years now. So yeah, that's a little context of some clues to how you can sense whether a dream is connected to a past life. Hey there, Marcy here. Are you enjoying the podcast? If so, I'd be so grateful if you could hop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and share ideally a five-star review. This is an awesome way to show your gratitude for what you're learning from the show, which I hope is a lot. I put a lot of heart and soul into every single episode of this podcast to ensure that some of the best lessons, tips, and insights I've learned over the last 14 years on my own path are shared with listeners like you. 
Five-star ratings ensure that this podcast will reach even more listeners so that more people can benefit. And since I believe reconnecting to our intuitive nature is our birthright and absolutely essential to thriving, reaching more people empowers me to fulfill my purpose and to transform even more lives. Now that's a positive outcome that many of us can rejoice over in these really challenging times. Thank you so much for your reviews. And now let's get back to the show. So now to another listener question about seeing an ancestor in dreams. The question is, I saw an ancestor in one of my dreams. Is it real? What does it mean? Great question. Um, Is it real? Well, I mean, all dreams in some sense are real in a way that we have them. (laughs) What I'm assuming the is it real piece is about is, am I having a visitation from one of my ancestors? Um, And the answer can be, yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Now, when you're discerning whether an ancestor has visited you in a dream or if something else is happening, a lot of times I look to the kind of quality of the dream. And in my experience for myself and in, um, in what I've seen in a lot of my client work is that when we have a visitation from an ancestor, um, there can be a different quality to the dream. It might feel more vivid or it might feel even more tactile, like other senses besides just our inner sight experience are really engaged in the dream. So it can kind of feel more like a whole body dream or especially if the ancestor is well in spirit, it might be that that ancestor is um, kind of surrounded in light That's my personal experience. When I've had well ancestors visit me, the quality of the dream is quite different. Uh, Other senses besides just kind of the experience of visually seeing the dream are really engaged for me. So I really feel everything in the dream. It sometimes almost feels like more real than waking life is is a way that I describe it sometimes. And uh, the ancestors that are well are usually surrounded in kind of... um, like a glow, a light can sometimes it's a like soft pink light. Sometimes it's a like warm light, but there's like a, um, a beautiful light, a glow around them. That's my personal experience. So you want to pay attention to these qualities and senses. Um, now if you have an ancestor that visits and the dream is not so pleasant, then that's very important to draw some boundaries and to really kind of say like, you know, respect, like love to you because like I know we're related, but I'm not um, available for like visitations and being clear about that. And if you struggle to establish boundaries, which is a very, 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 very (laughs) common thing I have seen in client work. And it was also my personal struggle for a very long time to establish boundaries in the dream space. I used to have a lot of a lot of people, ancestors and not visiting my dream space. Um, that was really kind of sometimes very stressful. Uh, I really recommend you learn how to establish some boundaries and you work with a practitioner. That is one area that I do do work on with people. Boundaries is a big 
big, big part of my practice and a specialty for me because it's something that I personally had to kind of apprentice with for a very long time. And it's something that I work on with pretty much all of my clients. So whether it's with me or another practitioner, if you are struggling with establishing boundaries and you feel like you're you're having some visitations that are not so great, even let's say even the visitation is pleasant and you're like, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for that, then you can also establish boundaries. We do have personal will. And if you're struggling to do that, uh, try not to just you know keep struggling with it alone. Um, reach out to a practitioner that has specialty in that that can work on that. So that's my recommendation there. Uh, next question is, I keep having the same dream. What does it mean? That's kind of the essence of the question. This is really the sense of kind of having repeat dreams. Well, repeat dreams are really important. I always tell people, when you have a repeat dream, it's like I want you to imagine that your like your ancestors, your guides, um, your allies, or your higher self, your soul, the greater beautiful consciousness of life, literally is putting a message on a neon sign and trying to get you to pay attention. <laughs> so repeat dreams are, in my personal experience, repeat because we haven't. Um, we haven't received the message. We haven't gathered the message yet that we're, that's trying to be sent to us. And we haven't learned, uh, if there's a lesson there, we haven't learned the lesson. So a repeat dream means pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. There's something more here that you haven't quite caught. Imagine it like a neon sign. And uh, I would get curious about that repeat dream. And I would get curious at exploring it from a different angle so that you might be able to unlock some of the meaning there. Uh, next question is, I have past memories that show up in dreams. What does it mean? So this person means that they kind of memories from their actual lived, like awake life, right? Kind of show up in their dream space. What does it mean? Well, it's hard to say. I, you know, context again matters. I don't know what the rest of the dream or dreams that you're talking about, kind of uh, the material in them. But if you have um, a memory, a past memory that's showing up, there might be, it might be kind of showing up because there's, uh, it depends on the, the context. Let's say a past memory comes up and it's about something that you don't really maybe fully have resolution over, or maybe you thought you had resolution over and maybe it's, there's not quite resolution over it. That, that a lot of times can be brought to us by our guides, our higher self, our greater, wider self, soul, whatever you want to call it, like the, the, something greater than ourselves brings it, um, greater than our individual ego self kind of brings this past memory for uh, perhaps closure, completion, healing. Um, there's another lesson there. That's my experience. Past memories don't just generally random sh randomly show up. Um, you know, especially if it shows, if the past memory shows up more than once, then there's really something interesting uh, to be curious about. And you might explore how have I not gotten closure yet? How, you know, what lesson might I be being invited to learn? How does this past memory mirror some aspects of what's happening in my present life? Is there a theme there. So for example, if you have um, some past life memories where you were struggling to ask for what you needed, and um, maybe you've kind of turned a new page in your life, 
and you're in a, a new partnership and there is action, it's healthy and there is space to be able to ask for what you need, then the, the, it, the memory might be coming up because maybe there's a part, old part of you that's hesitating in asking for what you need. And so this old memory may be coming up as a reminder of to say, hey, remember, like, remember this is how it was. Now the opportunity is to turn a new leaf. So again, context really matters, but that's my recognition. It's not by accident. There's something really important there to explore. The next question is a general question that I get asked in lots of different forms. But the essence of it is, I had a dream about the future. Is this dream a premonition? Well, (laughs) not necessarily. Dreams are kind of interesting like that. They can be quite symbolic. They can be metaphorical. Sometimes they're quite mysterious. Sometimes we actually could be dreaming of a possible future in my perspective. I don't really believe that the future is ever just, um, it's not uh, set in stone, it is co-created, all of us are co-creating the future together. So you sometimes can be seeing a possible future. You sometimes can be seeing a future that's maybe much more symbolic for what you're being invited to explore in your present life or metaphorical. So those are the angles I would explore. If I had a dream that I thought, well, Jesus, is is this a future? Is this a potential future? Is this a premonition? I would first explore from a place of like, okay, well, does it feel like this could actually happen? And is there a possibility that this is maybe more metaphorical and symbolic for me in my life and what I'm currently being asked to grow with, uh, let go of, heal, learn, do differently, those kind of pieces. Sometimes you can get um, a dream about a future that's to give you further context. Sometimes you get a dream about a future that gives you the ability to make different choices. Um, so, and, and also, um, yeah, the future is just like, I mean, future is relative, longer conversation, and also quite mysterious. So what I would say is if something comes up, especially because a lot of times people will associate like these kind of premonition dreams with really stressful dreams about something that could happen. Um, You know, try your best not to kind of get lost down the, down the, the, the hole of anxiety. You can ask your guides, the powers that you feel like support you in your life to protect you, to keep you safe, to guide you, to help you understand more about why this dream is coming to you now. And Uh, what you're being invited to do with this information and then you can kind of just notice what plays out in the days ahead Um, yeah but try not to kind of get lost in anxiety because sometimes sometimes it's like could be what literally one potential future out of like 20 and it's simply to kind of invite you to make some important decisions now, like maybe you intuitively and instinctually were being, were feeling hunches to make certain decisions or, or, or to make certain choices that felt right for you and to align in your life and you're doubting them. And it could be even like a symbolic push that your guides are trying to kind of almost like push you into following that instinct. So they kind of try to create this symbolic kind of scary worst case scenario. Um, yeah, there could be a lot of things happening. So most importantly, try not to let yourself get kind of lost in anxiety because that's something that a lot of people can do 
Um, just because you have a dream about the future doesn't mean it's going to come true, for sure. All right, last question. How do I know if a dream is just my anxiety or something deeper? I keep dreaming about getting lost when I'm on my way somewhere in a dream. Am I just stressed out about stuff in my life, my work, etc.? So, you know, yeah, the, the, the essence of the question is... Um, how do I know if a dream is just my anxiety or if there's something deeper going on? Well, this is what I would recommend. If you have a dream and you're like, well, maybe I'm just, it's just me, like this anxiety dream, maybe it's just feels, maybe it's just my stress. Uh, the way you would know that is connect those dots and say like, okay, I think, start there. I think this dream is from my anxiety. See if you can take some steps to address your self-care to address your emotional, mental, spiritual health so you're feeling less anxious. Take some steps to just kind of slow your life down. If you're doing a lot of multitasking, see if you can uh, remove a little bit off of your plate. See if the dreams um, shift from there. If they continue moving forward, then I would suggest that there's a deeper message that you're being invited to explore and... um, yeah, and you want to kind of explore that much more deeply. And then the last piece, you might have mentioned something about getting lost in a dream. Getting lost is a theme that comes up a lot. It could be uh, you're feeling lost from the anxiety, but it, like if there's a sense of getting lost, I would explore where am I feeling lost in my life? What area of my life am I feeling like I'm getting lost or I can't quite find my way? And then that could be a way that you could address that. All right, those are my 10 top popular questions that I get asked. Uh, There are a lot of questions that that people ask me, but um, these were the 10 I chose that I felt like I get most often, um, yeah, that are most common and also span a bunch of different topics. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, I would be so grateful for you to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your your episodes, uh, your podcasts, and Uh, give a positive review, ideally five stars, so that people can find this podcast more easily and enjoy it just like you are. And uh, get ready for next month. Next month, we'll be moving on to another intuitive topic, which I'm super excited about. We'll be doing something kind of similar where we'll spend four weeks diving deep into a issue. So until then, I hope that you are enjoying the transitional time wherever you are, whether it's fall or spring and uh, have fun with your dreams. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. 